walking, talking, eating. Recently, I watched a documentary that focused on walking. Walking is one of the most important signs that human beings had developed. This raised my curiosity and started to read more about walking. I realized that today walking has become an important element for physical fitness. But upon further reading, I realized that actually philosophers took walking very seriously. Except for the philosopher Reinhard Descartes, who believed that we were humans because we think, other philosophers felt that we were humans because we can walk, and in walking, we could reflect. One of the philosophers who is well-celebrated, Aristotle, who is called, called a peripatetic philosopher because he walked along as he taught, used to talk a lot about walking. Of course, today walking has become an important part and parcel of our professional life with some meetings held while people walk. This is surprising for me because I grew up walking very long distances to school. And many people in my village still walk and they never consider it a virtue. <laughs> but walk they must because it is a necessity. This was a natural entry point into the text we read today. Because when you read this text, you realize that the bulk of the text takes place in the midst of walking. When you read this text, you realize that uh, there is a couple traveling from Jerusalem to Emmaus, which is about 12 kilometers, and 16 verses from verse 13 to 29 take place in the midst of the journey. Only three verses, verse 30 to 32, take place where people are sitting and eating. And it is also in this place that Jesus is revealed. Then the verse 33 is another journey going back from Emmaus to Jerusalem. So the whole story is a story of people on the move. This fits very well into how the Gospel of Luke is told as a story of Jesus on the move from Galilee to Jerusalem. And there are many verbs in the text we have just read about walking. They were going in verse 18. Jesus came, went with them in verse 15. They came near Emmaus, verse 28. Jesus walked ahead of them, verse 28. He went 
and stayed with them, verse 29, and he vanished from, verse, from them, verse 31, and they went back to Jerusalem. It's, the whole story is a story about movement. Now, I was very interested in looking closely at these two movements because there are two journeys in this story and one is a journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus and another is from Emmaus to Jerusalem. Luke wants to tell this story in contrast because the journeys are not the same. And Luke is inviting those who are following Jesus to walk with Jesus in these two journeys. Now you will know that in the other writing of Luke in, the, in, uh, in Acts, Christians are called people of the way, people on the way. And so Luke invites us to journey with Jesus on these two journeys. The, the two journeys are different. The first journey is a journey of disappointment. It's a journey of despair. It's a journey of shattered dreams. So you can see that journey is used in Luke, both in literal terms, but also in figurative, figurative terms. The first journey, the two friends are on their way and someone joins them. They are deliberating. We, they, there is a likelihood that they are not part of the 12. They are part of the disciples who had walked with Jesus. Maybe these are some of the people who have heard Jesus speak on the Sabbath that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has, anoint, he has uh, sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Today, these scriptures are fulfilled in your hearing. They have heard this message, and this has aroused anticipation and hope in them. But one day, their own elders and the priests connive with the Romans and they have Jesus crucified. Their hopes are shattered. They are not only shattered because Jesus is killed, but they are shattered because he had insinuated that he could rise. And some people have gone to the tomb and there is no clarity because he could not be found. So they are not sure if he is risen. So they are disappointed. They are on a journey of disappointment. We are told that one of these who are on the journey of disappointment is Clopas and his companion. Some people have suggested that uh, this, this companion is male, but this, the text doesn't tell us uh, he is a male disciple it's possible that it's his wife. But of course, the story remains, the person remains nameless because uh, each one of us can occupy 
this space. We can occupy this companion with our own stories. We can journey with Cleopas in this journey of disappointment because some of us are or have walked this journey of disappointments. We thought we'd overcome one challenge only to find that we enter into another. Some of us thought that uh, my work environment is not, no longer very healthy. Let me move to another job. And we found that the new workplace is worse than the first one. Others, of course, became sick. They went to the doctor. The doctors made a breakthrough and they prescribed the medicine, medication. When they took this medication, it started to cause side effects. So they are disappointed. Others have been in thriving relationships for a long time, and they've been growing these relationships over time. These relationships have broken, they've become stale, and they are sucking out life. So they are disappointed. They are walking this journey of disappointment. What has made the story of Luke 23 a powerful story is because the journey of disappointment gets transformed. It becomes a story of hope. And there are three moments when this happens. The first moment happens when Jesus joins the journey, when he becomes part of the company. Even though they cannot recognize him, even though they feel he doesn't understand because he's an outsider, even though they feel that he is uh, not up to date with what is happening, he joins them on this journey. And this is the beginning of the transformation because when he joins the journey, he starts to probe, to ask questions. He does not come to give solutions. He wants them to be able to articulate what they are experiencing, to say what they are feeling about their disappointment. We find a very interesting uh, related expression uh, when Isaiah is so disappointed with God and does not see if God is still journeying with his people. And Isaiah says, truly, you, God, are hidden from us in Isaiah 45. But in the same, just some few sentences below, Isaiah remembers, but God is so good for Israel. He is our savior. When Martin Luther discovered this struggle of disappointment and movement to hope, he talked about the commandments as a process of fear and love. The journey of, this, of despair can be transformed when Jesus joins, even when we are not aware. 
even sometimes when our eyes are kept from recognizing him, when he joins the journey, we become clear about what exactly is disappointing us, and this is the beginning of our transformation. There is a second moment in this story. The second moment of transformation takes place when Jesus facilitates a new interpretation of the crisis that they find themselves in. God reinterprets, Jesus reinterprets this experience in light of God's promises. Actually, the word that is used in this passage of the, uh, uh, of the text is where our word hermeneutics come from. After allowing them to express the nature of their frustration and disappointment, Jesus reinterprets these things about himself, about himself from the scriptures. So what did this do to them? First, it reoriented what at first value was a local, personal, idiosyncratic experience to become part and parcel of the bigger story in which God is acting to give life. Yes, it remained a personal story, a local story, but read in light of all the prophets, including the prophet Jonah, who thought that salvation was only for the Jews and therefore would be disappointed to go and invite outsiders, Jesus lifts this local, personal, limited story to become a broader story in which God is transforming life. They are not alone in this situation. It's not only about them. It's about God who is doing something new. I remember one time I spent uh, a semester in the Netherlands. And uh, one morning, uh, some young people who were staying in the dormitory, we were staying, were sitting around in the morning during time to go for classes. And I was asking, why are you not going for classes? And they were saying, we are bored. And I, I asked myself if these young people had lived in my village and had a chance to go to school in Netherlands, they would never feel bored because they would see this as a huge opportunity. Sometimes when we look at our situations outside a bigger perspective. Sometimes we may think that the whole world is crashing upon us. But what the reason Lord desires us to do is not only to look at our cases with all its local limitations and disappointments, but to look at it from the horizon of what God is doing in people's lives. Not only our lives, but his life-giving effect on all humanity. God is at work raising those who are disappointed, who are giving up. And they can be also an inspiration to us. So ours is not the only story of disappointment because God is doing amazing things not only for us, but also for others.
There is the last part of this story, which is the crowning part of the transformation of this story. It is that Jesus accepts their hospitality and in that hospitality, he reveals himself. This is the climax of the story. There are a number of stories in the Old Testament where hospitality changes many things, including giving uh, fertility to people who were looking for children over years. Hospitality has always been a powerful way in which God surprises people. And when Jesus accepts the invitation and the hospitality, he comes in and breaks bread. And their eyes are opened. It is obvious that Luke is presenting this in a liturgical fashion because it becomes a story that is relieved in the faith community. And when this has happened, when they are satisfied and inspired, Jesus disappears. But they can now run, their hope is rekindled, their despair is taken away, and they can run back to the fellowship and share their joy and celebration, even if they cannot see him. The powerful story of transformation of uh, despair to hope is that sometimes when we are inspired and strengthened, even if we cannot see God at work, we have enough energy to move on and to run. But it is also at this table of the breaking of bread where some of these things happen. When we hear the words that this is given for you. When the body of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ is given for us, when we partake in his suffering and in his resurrection, we are given back our energy to run again. Now, it is very interesting that the story to go back to Jerusalem is not as long as the story from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Even though the distance has not changed, but the energy with which they can go back to Jerusalem is no longer the same because they are energized, their hope is rekindled, and they can uh, be celebrated again. Being a follower of Jesus does not mean that our burdens are taken away, the challenges, the difficulties are removed, the frustrations are removed. They are not. But what changes is the realization that we are not alone. So what journey are you on? Where are you going? And what, what are you talking about on the way? Because our deepest preoccupations and concerns and desires and worries and anxieties can limit what God is doing before us. But Jesus desires today to join our journey. He probes, he challenges us. He questions. He challenges us to look 
into our circumstances with new light, in light of the ultimate, ultimate purpose of God to give and to renew life. He doesn't just join the journey. He also joins us over the fellowship meal. Even as we are going to be partaking in the meal this morning, as we are going to be partaking in the body and the blood of Jesus, we are not inviting him, but he is inviting us. He is saying, I want to fellowship with you. I want to transform your journey. But we can invite him back and say, stay with us because it is almost evening and the day is nearly over. And we can walk again with him. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious God, we are on the journey. When we are disappointed, join us on our journey. Clear our minds so that we understand our disappointments. Transform these disappointments and give us back our energy to walk again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.